So Clancy did an awesome job this morning. So I really don't think there's no point in me doing anything. So we can just all go home right now if we want to. Am I right? I wish it was that easy. <laughs> so, uh, man, I'm going to tell you, I started this about eight months ago. And I remember sitting right there. And, man, I was shaking and I was nervous and I was petrified. And I'm proud to say that eight months later, I still sit there shaking, nervous, and petrified. <laughs> it hasn't gotten any easier. But there's some good news. I read an article yesterday. Um, the Texas Senate has passed a bill that's going to require every school classroom, every public school classroom, K through 12, to have a 16 by 20 picture of the Ten Commandments in the room. Yeah. Now, this is not a law yet. It's going to have to go through the House, and then it'll have to go through the governor. But this is an opportunity for us to speak out and to let our voices be heard that we are in favor of this and that we stand behind this. And they've, also, they've also passed a bill where they're going to allow time during the day in schools for kids to read religious Bibles, any other religion, whatever, but the Bibles, and to be able to pray. So these are two awesome steps. Now, we know that if this passes, it's going to be met with a lot of resistance. So we are going to have to stand our ground, and we are going to have to fight. We cannot do like we did when they took prayer out of school and just, okay, whatever. We have to fight back. So this is an opportunity for us to stand in boldness. So, but that's some good news. So will you please stand? That is great news. We're going to read Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come, out, come to you out on the water. And he said, Come. And when, Jesus, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was bolsterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the rain that you have sent. We thank you for the rain that you're going to send. Father, we just pray that this message will just resonate in our hearts and our minds. Father, I ask that you'll just remove me from the situation and let your spirit flow through me. Father, we love you. We praise you. That's the thing in Jesus' name. Amen. So be seated. So the title of this message is, going to, is called, uh, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. There's a little picture up here. I liked it, so I'll put it on there. So can you imagine Peter at that moment stepping out of the boat onto water, you know, not knowing what was going to happen? Well, maybe not. Let's hope not. But we got to realize that this boat was Peter's comfort zone. 
Peter was a fisherman like many of the disciples, and he had spent most of his life on a boat. He was comfortable there. He knew he felt safe there. He knew how to get comfortable and how to sleep. They said it was the fourth watch of the night, so most of them were probably sleeping when it happened. And then he said, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter had to step out onto the, to the water, out of the boat and onto the water. Now, if y'all know me, I'm petrified of water. I can't swim. So if somebody tells me to step out on the water, I'm be like, no, no, we're not doing this today. But Peter stepped out on it. And we all have our comfort zones. Some place we feel safe. Some place is just perfect for us. Mine is my chair at the house. It's got a little footrest. It's got a table set beside me. Perfect view of the TV. And when I sat down there and I put on my sweatpants or shorts and I get comfortable, I'm not getting up the rest of the night. My wife will tell you. My kids will tell you because if I want something to drink, I send them to get it for me. So that's my comfort zone. And that's where I'm at most of the time. It's when I get up in the mornings, I get ready, I go sit in my comfort zone and I read my Bible. And that's where I stay. So we're going to talk about, in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to talk about Abraham and how he got out of his comfort zone. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now these days, moving's not a big deal. Most of us, you know, we get on Indeed, we find a job, we get, look on Zillow, we find us a house, and we move up there. We can do all the research, find out what, what the town's like, how they vote Democratic or Republican. We can do everything we want to know. But back in these days, people didn't move. These towns and villages were made up of families that worked together to help each other survive. So asking Abraham to leave his family was something that was not, not usual back in those days. So why did God ask Abraham to move? If we look at verses 2 and 3, it says, I will make a great nation of you. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. See, God had plans. And these plans couldn't be accomplished with Abraham staying there where his family was. He couldn't teach Abraham the way he wanted to teach him with his family's influence being around him. He couldn't multiply him if he was already part of a large community. See, comfort zones can be very confining It said that Abraham traveled about 600 miles on faith, faith alone. Now, you men in here, can you imagine telling your wives, hey, pack your stuff up, we're going walking. And she says, where are you going? I don't know. We're just going to go. My wife's not very happy when I just start doing stuff without discussing where we're going to go and letting her know the details. So can you imagine Abraham when he packed up everything he owned and took with him his, his nephew and his wife and off they went 600 miles and he had no idea what God meant when he said that he was going to make a great nation of him. But Abraham followed him anyway. He did what he was told and he went. And he had no idea that what was going to happen. And he didn't even know if he was going to get to see the blessings. You know, sometimes when we step out in faith, we don't get to see the fruits of our labor. Abraham did see some of his promises. He became a powerful man with many belongings. And the people around him knew that he was blessed by the hands of God and had a lot of respect for him. But what he didn't get to see is that one day the Savior would be born 
from his bloodline. You see, his obedience and his faith blessed all of us. When an act of faith feels really huge, it's because the work that God wants to accomplish through this act of faith is also proportionally huge. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians 5, I didn't put this on here. Sorry, John. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So when you feel that nudge to get out of your comfort zone, it could be very scary, but God's trying to take you somewhere beyond where you are right now. You put the next slide up there. I hope everybody can see this. I tried to make it as big as I could, but limited on space. But it has a very small comfort zone. This is where we feel safe. We're in control of our environment right there. And then the next thing is the fear zone. This is the reason we don't get out of our comfort zone. We make excuses. We don't have confidence in, in believing that we can do what we're told to do. And we're affected by other people's opinions. You know, we're afraid somebody's going to make fun of us. We're afraid we're going to lose friends over it. So we don't have the confidence, so we're scared. And that's what keeps us in that little bitty circle. But then we move into the learning zone. And we learn how to deal with the challenges and the problems. We learn that we do have new skills. And our comfort zone begins to, ex to extend. And then we reach our growth zone where we find God's purpose for our lives. That's a beautiful thing. Kathy's taking a picture of it, so don't get me in it, Kathy. No, I'm sorry, big one. <laughs> so, so we all know people that stay in bad situations because it's their comfort zone. There are a lot of people that stay at jobs that they hate just because it's a job that they know. They've been there 10 years. They're comfortable. They're making good money, financially stable. But the environment's toxic. The people they work with aren't Christians. They're just miserable people, and they're just unhappy. But yet they stay because they're afraid of going out and learning a new skill. They're afraid of putting themselves in any kind of financial jam. And we all know people that stay in dangerous relationships because it's familiar to them. So we probably all heard stories or even know a woman that gets beat by her husband. He goes to jail, she leaves, he gets out, she goes back. And the cycle just goes on and on and on. And that's because he's made the woman feel like she's not going to be loved anywhere else. So she feels safe there. But we as Christians also do the same thing. How many of us come to church on Sunday mornings? We pay our tithes, but we won't step out in faith and truly follow God. We're afraid that if we truly follow God, our friends are going to make fun of us. Or we're going to lose friends. But we refuse to change. And when we refuse to change, there's no growth. See, comfort zones affect our spiritual lives more than we realize. Because our spiritual lives are the foundations of who we are, how we interact with others, and how we react to the world. It affects our relationship with Christ because we are all created, we have all created safe spaces down deep inside that we are comfortable in. We put up walls to keep others out, and we're happy there. We don't let anyone in to be able to hurt us, and we don't have to forgive people that have, that have hurt us in the past. But when we come out of our comfort zone, we begin to realize, or we, we begin to develop that much-needed relationship with Christ. We let go of that, we have always done it this way, 
or if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. We let go of having to be in control, and we surrender to the will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is the true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Peter steps out on the water. And Peter's walking on water. This is the only disciple that ever walked on water. But then the storm came. The wind blew, and Peter got scared. And he looked at the storm and took his eyes off of Jesus. So when you start following Jesus, when you truly submit to God and you start following him, storms are going to come. Huge storms are going to come. And Satan sends those storms to get you to take your eyes off of God. God takes you through them storms in order to grow your faith with him. So when the storms come, stay focused on God, and he'll get you through it, and you'll begin to grow. So I'm going to end this with a question. Are you willing to walk on water, or are you comfortable sinking in sand? For many people, it's scary to leave the comfort zone. But if you want to become a spiritually Spiritual Christian with a growing relationship with Christ, it's a very important to leave that comfort zone. Will you please stand? We're going to open up the altar. And of course, if, if you want to join the church, come up to the altar. If you want to ask Jesus into your heart for the first time, come up to the altar. But if you felt the nudge to get out of your comfort zone, and you've always fought it, and you're afraid... Come up to the altar. You know, if there's something going on with your life, I know when I first became a Christian and they would do these altar calls and I would get this feeling, go up there, go up there and get prayer. No, mm -mm. I don't want nobody to see me up there. I was nervous and I was scared of what everybody else in the church was going to think. But if we can't come together and pray as a family, if we can't let each other be vulnerable to each other, then we're really just wasting our time here. So if there's something going on in your life, don't be afraid to come up and get prayer for it. So will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this message. Father, we just pray that you'll give us the boldness just to step out of our comfort zone and just to step into, what the, into the purpose that you have for us. Father, we know that it's scary. We know that we don't always have the answers, Father, but we know that as long as you're with us and as long as you're guiding us, that, Father, that we'll make it through it. Father, we just love you. We praise you. We just ask for opportunities just to serve you. Father, we give you all the glory. As she's in Jesus' name, amen.